0: Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down and take a deeper look into this week's teaching.
1: Well, good morning.
0: Hey Shane. How are you doing this morning? We're doing man? good, man. What are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. What you sipping on over there, man?
0: A little Americano. Oh. Some.
1: So for those that may not drink coffee or may not know, can you describe an Americana to them?
0: From my understanding, is is basically two espresso shots with hot water,
1: and that would be correct.
0: And that's it. So,
1: you put anything simple. in it? You just
0: I put a little splenda in it.
1: See, I'd i feel like I'd have had to cut it a little bit. Do a
0: little, a little, you know. So,
1: so want a shout out? One of my favorite ways of making coffee. Shout out, Mister Paul Parrish, because I know he does it too. Um, it's a, it's a stronger cup for sure. What well, like an Aeropress? An Aeropress.
0: Do you do that every morning?
1: I, I try to. Some mornings I'm not able to. It does take a little longer. Does not permit. I was about to say. Um, but it is one of the best cup of coffees that a French press, a pour over with a Chemex or something. These are all fun ways to drink coffee, you know? hmm we joked, we joked last week about how I couldn't stop yawning, and it's crazy. I, I never yawn until we get in this room.
0: I don't know. Something about it's, the room, it's man. It's just so
1: dark in here. Yeah, maybe we need to turn the lights on. <laughs> it makes me want to take a nap. Um, but no, if you've never had any of those, reach out to us. and We would love to make. James makes a really, really good pour over. He'll he'll never admit it.
0: I hadn't done a pour over in a while though. Yeah, I know, but you. It's <laughs> hey, like riding need to the do bike, it man. again. Yeah, yeah. You never forget.
1: <laughs> it's one of my. It's one of my favorite things that we've done here. We 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 drank just pour over coffee for a while, and then we all jumped ship and went back to the Keurig. <laughs> it's it's <easier>. Yeah, it's <laughs> just
0: quicker for sure.
1: It's just better. Well, man, uh, jumping to some questions from this week, um, one of the things we saw in the text was that Jesus was deeply and inwardly moved with compassion towards the crowd. Why is it sometimes as believers today, why do we not feel like that towards the lost?
0: I think one of the things that we kind of talked through in our home group, which I thought was was good, some comments were made that one of the reasons probably is how self-centered we are, you know, that we're usually, um, unless it's like some extreme case in somebody's life, like a death or a huge sickness or a huge financial, like so something really big, you know, we notice. But on, I would say on a daily basis, like usually we're so in our lane, you know, just worried about our life that we usually don't even notice the pain of other people or the, the hurt of other people or the, the desperation of other people. Of course, also, I think at the same time, a lot of us hide it, you know, so – there's that. But I, I would, you know, I just generally, I think, uh, for at some level, we're just so self-centered caught up in our own life, our own everything that I think we miss being, um, noticing other people and what they're walking through and, you know, having that kind of compassion,
1: you know, on them to kind of piggyback off of that on a practical sense, how can we move to having compassion for people?
0: Um, I think there's got to be a level of, and it may hit. We may hit in one of the last questions about like you know putting yourself in other people's shoes. But I think there's a level of in scripture of this whole concept of like, why do you forgive somebody is because you've been forgiven. Um, and so I think there's a level of of why being in the Word, prayer, centering ourselves on the Lord, reminding ourselves that He showed us compassion, and so. God demonstrated compassion toward us. You know, we I mean, we're all difficult people. You know, I know we, we we like to think that we're not the difficult ones, you know, that it's somebody else that's difficult or annoying or, you know, we're not that way. Um, but the reality is, is that for all of us, that God has shown us compassion in Jesus. And so I think reflecting on that truth, reminding ourselves that we deserve uh, what well, we didn't deserve, but God showed us compassion when we didn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, so I think you know, one practical way. And and of course, that's not like do something. Well, I get mad as, you know, spend time in the word prayer, I think center ourself on the Lord, but I think experiencing the compassion of Jesus should then compel us to be that way,
1: you know, with others. So. Absolutely. Um, How does the truth that Jesus understands what we're facing, how can that help us and and kind of motivate us in our walk with Jesus?
0: Um, I think there's some level of, in all of our life, that when we, um, let's say, when we're going through something difficult and somebody can say, hey, I understand. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a sickness, whether it's a death, mm-hmm. whether it's a sin, a temptation, whatever, like to somebody say, hey, I, I I, I know, like I've been through it too. You know, there's a there's something comforting about that. It doesn't necessarily fix the problem, but it's comforting to know like, hey, I'm not the only one with this struggle or hey, I'm not the only one that's lost someone and had to walk through this same thing. And so I think there's a level of knowing, just seeing, like, our our Savior, uh, not only is, is He God, not only is He worthy of all worship and pray. like, not only do we see these big, but also to understand, like, hey, He's able to actually sympathize with us. That's why Hebrews tells us He's able to intercede for us perfectly, yeah. because, like, He never sinned, but yet He understands completely what it's like to be tempted. Like, and He's been tempted in every way that we have. So, you know, so I, so I think there's a level of, Knowing what it's like to live in our world, he under, he understands it completely, you know. And so I think there's a comforting thing in that of knowing a peaceful thing of thinking through that of like, all right, you know, the the one that I'm praying to, it's not like he's oblivious. I mean, he under he com, it's not like he theoretically understands. He completely understands exactly everything we walk through. So I I don't know about for you, but I know for me on Sunday that was just that that kind of truth. Seeing that of like just knowing, you know, that he he literally stepped in our shoes yeah. and he understands our pain, our hurt. He knows what it's like to live in this world, you know. Um
1: I think that's I think that's one of the, the hardest things about it all is that loneliness drives you to crazy things. Um and I, I think that that's why one reason why accountability is so important. Um that I can share with someone, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. But even on a on a bigger level, I think that was one of the things that I, I thought about with this question um as we were walking through Sunday was like not only some of the some of the people around me have probably struggled through some of this, but like like Jesus was tempted in every way. And so he like you're saying, like he, he can intercede for us. And so I think that, that that's a that was for me one of the big things was like even if I'm in a place where I don't want to talk about it to anybody, I know that Jesus is with and and that should motivate me to to seek um, brothers in Christ who will spur me on, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure.
1: So um, one of the things that you, you said Sunday that I thought was really important that we heard was that we we're invited to further the mission of God. That's a huge invitation. That's an awesome thing to see. But I think sometimes whenever we see the the furthering of the gospel or the furthering of the mission, a lot of times we think of like, and yeah, that's Pastor James's job or yeah, that's the missionary who's in the remote regions of Africa. How should seeing that we, not not just pastors, not just missionaries, not just You know, certain people have been called to carry this mission, but but all of us. How should that change the way we see evangelism?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it should change everything about. And that was kind of why I wanted to really emphasize that idea is that God's invited us to be laborers with Him in this mission, and that's His plan to have people like you and me be a part of God's mission in reaching people discipling people and so i you know that was kind of one of the things that i was thinking through is that i think that's the big misconception is that usually in course and we, we talk about our home group too of like the whole idea of like making disciples that sounds like a super it, it is a super big thing but you know what i mean like it sounds like this this huge task that i think when i say this and when I, like i think just for us normal people we're like i don't know if i'm equipped to do that i don't know if i or like um in a men's group, we're going through a thing with Dave Busby called uh, "Living a Life Worthy of Imitation." Taking about how Paul, many times, is like, "Hey, my, you know, I'm I'm following Jesus, so it, it, mod- you can model yourself after me because I'm I'm doing it after Jesus." I would say most people are like, "Yeah, I don't want people to model my life. Like, I don't want people to emulate my example, you know." But yet, really, that's ultimately what discipling is. Is like, I mean, I mean, think about this for you and or, or for anybody that's listening. I mean, you learn to pray by listening to somebody, you know, you learned how to read the Bible from somebody, you were shown how to live and deal with difficult things, and it may be a bad example or a good example, but like all of us were taught, whether by parents, teachers, pastors, uh, coaches, uh, just moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, like all of us in some way have learned what it means to follow Jesus, and it's, because of people, and people took time to invest in our life. And so sometimes there isn't very intentional moments where we're like, hey, I'm going to disciple you with this study or with whatever. And so there, there is need for that. But I think also maybe you just realize, like, hey, disciples are also just a normal part of life. Like when we go eat lunch with people, when we are with people, when we have conversation with people, when we pray for people, when we, you know— like all of that is a part of discipling. And so I think yeah. we think of discipling as like just this big moment or and really it's a lifetime process, and we're all in the process of being made more like Jesus. And so I think it's like not making it a bigger deal than it is. It is a big deal to make a disciple. But I think sometimes we have it up in the clouds and only people that have been to seminary or whatever, like they're the only people that are equipped to make a disciple. Um, and so that was kind of my hope. And for everybody listening too is that God wants to use – all of us you know, um we all have a role to play and remembering disciple you know what was it and steadfast we walked through what was it um the great commission Th- there's two parts of discipleship there's evangelism part there's also the growing and helping someone to be more faithful to Jesus yeah. and so there's both of that's discipleship and so it's not just it's not just one side it's both sides, and so as we serve people love people pray for people uh are in people's life and realizing sometimes it may take longer. Than we would like, you know. Yeah. And so I don't know. That was kind of my. Just everyone has a role to play, and we need everybody to play their role. You know, I I, I meant to say a Sunday and I didn't, but like and every even every person listening, there are people that you have in your life that I'll never run across or that I won't have the ability to speak into their life the way that you, you Shane or you that's listening, y'all everybody has different relationships with different people you work in different places you are in different you have different circles of influence and whatever and so that's why we need everybody to yeah. to say like all right there are certain people that that you have access to that I will never have access to Absolutely. or to have deep conversations with and it's not that's not bad there's wrong it's just just is what it is. And so I think for all of us if we all take ownership of like okay we all are participants in this mission, You know, we all have different roles, different gifting. Um, I think that's how the church really is effective in making disciples. When everyone says, like, hey, I'm a part of this. Yeah. Not it's a program Mm -hmm. or just something the church schedules, you know.
1: I think think another thing, too, like to speak from both sides of being discipled and discipling. um, I think from the side—and I think you hit on Sunday—from the side of being discipled, there are— plenty of of young people and people who may be young in their faith as well who may be older in years but young in their faith who are seeking people to disciple them um and and i think that that people are always looking i think younger and younger in faith they're always wanting somebody and i think sometimes the the person who can do the discipling it's one of two things it's like well if they want me they can come find me you know and 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 that's not like a bad thought because you don't want to impose yourself. But even the second thing, like it's kind of an intimidating thing because I think in our minds we think, okay, well, you know, I, I want, I, I feel like James needs some discipling. So I'm going to pull James under my wing and I'm going to let him know, Hey, we're going to step into this. And I'll also like time I've ever been discipled by anybody, it took me probably two or three months to even know that I was being discipled. I just thought that I was having great conversation and somebody who's given me wisdom. Like I never went into it. There's never been a time where somebody's been like, Shane, we're gonna sit down and I'm gonna disciple you. We're gonna show you the ways of the Lord. Yeah. There's never been a time of that. And so like I think on both sides, knowing like, hey, people are open to this, people want this, but at the same time, you don't have to be this learned person that has all of the answers. Like, there's been times where I've been discipled where I've asked questions and God disciple, he's like, ah, we can look into that. I have no idea. Yeah. But like knowing that this isn't a thing where you have to put your foot down and say, well, I'm going to show you the ways of, of scripture and all these kind of things. Like, I think more so, discipleship is birthed out of friendship and relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and I think that's the thing with discipleship is always relational, you know. Um, and and I was even thinking about this too, just for anybody just listening, is like some of the people in my life that have taught me the most about the Lord or and for sure there's been pastors and youth pastors and senior professors and you know people that have have invested in me and so I'm so thankful for that but like some of the people that I know that are some of the most godly people aren't pastors and they're not um, they're not their full time uh, profession or if you want to say it that way is not church it's Mm. other things and so like I think about that and it's like uh, you, you know, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, I have to. I mean, yes, it, it is good to be biblically literate and to know scripture. Yeah, I mean, that is important. Absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, if you're like, well, I don't know, it, well, pick up the Bible and, and start reading it and, yeah. and praying through it and, you know, do that. So I, that is important. But at the same time, you know, I mean, the Pharisees knew all these scriptures and yet they didn't know the Lord. That's right. And so, I mean, I, I think it's realizing like, for everybody listening, is like you You do have something to offer. I mean, not because you're good, but because God is in you. And so you, you do have something to offer other people. And, you know, everyone's watching somebody. Somebody's watching your life. And I think a lot of it is just being intentional with it. You know, you don't have to come forward and say, hey, I'm discipling you. But I think there is this intentionality of like, okay, I am going to invest. Maybe that's maybe a, yeah. a good word to like, I'm going to invest in someone. That's good. It may be official. It may be like a scheduled time. Because um, sometimes that, that's just we're just busy, so sometimes we need to schedule things out. Um, but other times it's maybe more organic and natural of as we live life together, as we see each other, you know, as we share wisdom and share the word, that kind of thing.
1: So absolutely, that's good, man. That's good. Um, we kind of hit on this earlier, but why is it it's so important for us to step into someone else's shoes and maybe gain a, a different level of uh, of a perspective?
0: Well, I think with the example um, that we used Sunday, you know, the kind of scenario we ran through about the Greyhound bus and the dad and the kids, I'd actually gotten that from uh, I was doing some premarital counseling last week um, for a couple of us getting married. And um, we were watching, I think it's the crazy cycle on Right Now Media. And the guy who does it um, told us uh, like a scenario similar. And so I'd forgotten about that. And I was like, man, that fits so good with this because I think sometimes we judge people or are critical of people without really knowing what's really going on in their life and um and just because we show compassion doesn't mean that it's right or what they're doing's right but i think it gives us better perspective in being able to show compassion to people you know and i think there's a level of compassion that requires us to have understanding to be able to really have empathy and sympathy for someone um, again, we don't have to necessarily agree with everything they do or everything they've ever done um, to show compassion. We see Jesus models that for us. Um, but I think there there is a level that we have to be willing to say, like, all right, if this was me, would I have done the same thing? Or how would I feel if I was in this circumstance? And so it's like being willing to—but, again, it's it's hard and it's difficult and yeah. it's sacrificial and it's putting your— other people's needs above your own, and so I think that's what's um, hard about it and inconvenient about it. Because there's some people who are like, "Oh yeah, of course I have compassion on them," but there's other people who are like, "Yeah, I just don't feel like I don't have the capacity for that right now." You know, and that's I mean we are human, and why we need the Holy Spirit because there are times where we're like, "Look, I'm I'm done. Like I don't ha- I don't have the capacity to show that person compassion right now." You know, but again at the same time, you know, thankfully God has the capacity to show us compassion. Yeah, I mean all the time. You know, so
1: absolutely. Well, now uh, stepping into our last question of the day, uh, the know your pastor portion. Um, pastor James, when it comes to Christmas and a little bit of family traditions, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? Um, I'll I'll go with
0: it this way. There's two things that I look forward to. Um, for uh, it's food, so I'll say that, food. <laughs> I, I I enjoy food. So there's two things. So I, I'll give you two. So usually Christmas Eve night, usually after the Christmas Eve service, we usually go to um, um, Kirsten's parents, Ms. Sharon, and Tyler's house. And so I always look forward to these. I say this, and she may not have it this year, but she usually always has it. Um, she she makes these roll up things, these tortilla roll up things. I don't. I it's nothing special about them, but man, there's so, like. I can hurt myself on those things. <laughs> um, and then on Christmas morning, after we get done, you know, kind of doing stuff at the house, we go to my mom and dad's. And um, mom always makes monkey bread, homemade monkey bread. And so we always do brunch. And uh, um, and so those are, you know, I don't know. I always – I mean, I look forward to being together, so that's one. But uh, for me, I, food. I love food, so.
1: That's good, man. Um,
0: but this year they actually, I think, Mr. Aaron, Mr. Tyler and – mom and dad both requested i think i'm gonna smoke that ham um that i did for thanksgiving it's like that honey glazed ham that i smoke it's so, called like the double smoked ham or whatever so so
1: that might be the new tradition
0: it might be Is i might James be making. maybe so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that
1: i wouldn't mind um, that tradition up here either
0: just yeah just bring it up just there. <laughs> a snack on i will say this that because i did it for for th- i did a turkey for thanksgiving for um Mr. And Mr. Tyler, and then I did a ham for mom and dad's house. when We went over there, and uh, that ham—I mean, that leftover ham—I mean, some mighty fine sandwiches. I was about to
1: say you put, or it on, actually, I didn't put, even it on put it in bread. 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 I
0: just ate it. I mean, I just really? ate the ham. yeah, it was good. I bet,
1: I bet you put that between some white bread. That's fantastic. It is good. It's fantastic. Well, man, uh, thank you for sitting down and answering some questions uh, from this week. I think that it's important that we see all of this. That that there's so much more to evangelism and discipleship and and seeing that jesus can sympathize with what we're walk i think there's there's so much in this one passage that that we really you really can apply to your life and so um encouragement i guess would be yeah. hey you know you're, you're not alone find people find discipleship if you need it or be willing to disciple uh, and be willing yeah, i think to there's work. a process
0: too of we're we're being discipled and we should be discipled absolutely so it's like it's both and you know absolutely we need people pouring into our life but um we need to be pouring into somebody else's
1: absolutely 100 percent. well man thanks for sitting down and answering questions and thank you for listening to another episode of tuesday take